Welcome to the Sendcast. My name is Dale Pickles and I'm the host of the Sendcast and I'm also the Managing Director of B Squared. If you are a new listener, then welcome to the Sendcast. The aim of this podcast is really, really simple. We want to reach lots of people and help you all learn more about special educational needs and disability. In this episode, we'll be discussing building social and emotional well-being through collaborative Lego play. My guest is Dr. Gina Gomez de la Cuesta. Gina is the founder and director of Play Included. Gina is the creator of Brick by Brick, the only program endorsed by the Lego Foundation. The Sendcast is created and produced by us here at B Square. We are the assessment people. We help show the small steps of progress pupils with SEND make. We help schools show progress for a wide range of abilities and ages. If you're a primary school struggling to show progress or struggling to identify where a pupil isn't making progress, we can help. And did you know you can also use B-squared software for more than just pupils with SEN? You can now assess all pupils in one system, saving you time and money. And it also simplifies the whole assessment and data process. Visit the B-squared website or click on the meeting link in the show notes to book a meeting with me so I can take you through our assessment software. Let's get on with the podcast. On this week's show, we're discussing building social and emotional well-being through collaborative Lego play. My guest is Dr. Gina Gomez de la Cuesta. Gina is the founder and director of Play Included. Gina studied Lego-based therapy for her PhD at Cambridge University Autism Research Centre and has published several academic papers on Lego-based therapy. Gina is also the creator of Brick by Brick, the only programme endorsed by the Lego Foundation. Welcome to the show, Gina. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Dale. You are welcome. You are welcome. Lego Therapies has been growing in popularity since the early 2000s due to its effectiveness. So let's start at the beginning of what is Lego Therapy and why does it work? That's a great question. So Lego Therapy, or or the Brick by Brick program as we're now calling it because of trademark reasons, is it's a collaborative play program and it's designed to support neurodivergent children or any child really who needs a bit of extra support with social and emotional well-being to build friendships, develop skills and I guess play and have fun whilst learning. So it's all about a kind of club-based feel, brick club, where children would come and rather than building a Lego set or a Lego freestyle creation by yourself, um, you build it with some friends or with some other children or young people. And by doing that, it's a natural, playful environment for children to use the skills they already have, to communicate with each other, to take it in turns, to socialise, to chat about their week, all whilst having fun building Lego models. Okay, so it's not just about getting five children in a room with a box of Lego and go build something you want to build. It is actually those children are working together to build something. Exactly. So you can, of course, some children will sort of dip in and out of that depending on their on their needs. They might build on their own for a bit and then join in for a bit and there's some flexibility. But the, the real goal is collaboration. And in our Brick by Brick program, we've, we've got sort of different levels of play. So the first level is a, is a bit more about communication. So maybe you'd be thinking about how you describe the Lego pieces. And, and some speech and language therapists might use this approach to think about colour, language, size, shape, 
position on top of underneath next to those kinds of language concepts is perhaps sort of something you could think about working on in Lego therapy sessions in brick clubs then there's the sort of collaborate level where it's much more about working together for children maybe building in different roles having different jobs different tasks taking it in turns and then there's the sort of connect level which is maybe for older children who can do more advanced Lego building are more interested in having a chat about their day a bit of a peer support group but it is all about bringing children together to share an interest. And, and for me, crucially, and sometimes I think this gets missed in Lego clubs, in brick clubs, children need to be developing a sense that they that need to feel accepted in the brick club for who they are, for how they communicate, the way they socialise, so that it's actually meaningful social opportunities for them. They enjoy being there and they're playing and having fun. And, and you know, they de- develop a sense of, of sort of social identity, like I belong to Brick Club. And that's, that's really important because often, often autistic children are a bit socially isolated, they're not included, they get left out. So this is a place where we're trying to give them a chance to, to be themselves, have fun and, and play with other children. Lego is quite simply magic. In, if there is a box of Lego in front of children, Kind of no two children will do the same thing. We'll all do something else. Before COVID, we're fortunate. We, me, my wife, my kids, we all love Lego. And we, we live not far from Windsor, so we can go to Legoland in the UK. And we've done that. And we were watching like the Master Builders and all these documentaries. And we're like, should we go to Billund? <laughs> should we go to the Legoland where the factory is? And this was after we watched the Lego House documentary. Yeah, did you go to Lego House? So we did, yeah, we did the Legoland in Denmark, which had some really cool rides on, really good roller coaster. Then we went to the Lego house and the Lego house to me was more fun than Legoland. There was, there's a museum in the basement. So you can go back to the kits you used to have, but also go right back to the beginning. Yeah. And uh, I was, I had 80s Spaceman Lego, like in the man yeah, for the yeah. film. So I was like, <laughs> oh my so God, cool. it's the set I had. And then it was a set I always wanted, but never could afford. Yeah, yeah. And it was all there, but you kind of go around this house. There's these amazing builds, but there's also just kind of like a big, almost like giant sandpit full of Lego. And you just see people who are just sitting there building their own thing. And I, someone had started to build a bridge but hadn't finished it. So I was like, well, I'm going to finish it off and had my bits in. And there was a bridge across the whole of the sandpit and things like that. And then you get to these bits where you build a car mm-hmm. and it had a ramp mm-hmm. and you had to jump through this hole. Yes. And you had to land the car. Yeah. So it, cue a couple of kids, but generally us men, <laughs> with their wives and children waiting further ahead, building these cars to get the correct weight we we the whole day was in that house and all of us played so much fun and there is a bit where you i can't remember what it is but basically it's like four lego bricks they've worked out there were like a million combinations yeah. that these go in yeah and you i think you type in your name and it will create your own unique way of putting these four bricks together that no one else in the world will ever have yeah and it's just it is it's such a lovely thing and I think for so many children, Lego is powerful and amazing and it's the imaginative and it is that acceptance. You don't generally with Lego go, that's rubbish. No. You might go, why have you done that? Then, they, then you just take, someone takes you through their imagination. Exactly. And it is, so Lego is that. And, and I think, I think when I, when I, before we discussed, I said, 
I said, right, can I just simply ask, is logotherapy kind of distracting people from being from socializing? You're kind of you're focusing on the Lego and the socializing kind of happens because you're not focused on it. You're not so work that's what I said, wasn't it, at the beginning? Yeah. yeah. Before we started. Because that's why I, I've without knowing anything about it, I look at it and go, yeah, you play with a Lego and you end up talking to the child next to you about what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that is how people make friends, right? Through doing something together, a shared interest. You're not sort of thinking about social skills in a hypothetical way by reading a book or thinking about a story that's happened to something or other. You're in the moment in a real life situation doing something enjoyable with somebody else and you chat about it. And that's an absolutely perfect way to have meaningful social opportunities for kids who might not otherwise get them. The scope for creativity and doing things differently and that it is huge. And, and autistic children often have amazing ideas and do these incredible creations and get sort of so much sense of pride in what they've made, right? And also, I think with, with Brick Clubs, there's, there's a tangible outcome of your, of your interaction with somebody else. Sometimes social interactions, there's nothing sort of other than a kind of feeling of, oh, I've made a friend or, you know, I've chatted somebody. There's not something physical that you can touch that's a result of it. But when you've got built a Lego model, you say, hey, look what we created together. We did that as a team and you can play with it and you can tell each other about what bits it, it you know, what bits you, you did and what bits they did. And there's something really nice about having that sort of physical, physical object and sense of pride of, of what you've made. I also think when, when you're doing Lego, you, I, again, I don't know if it's for, for everyone, but I kind of know if the person next to me is kind of can't find something, yeah. especially if there's a big pit of it, you hear them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as they're searching through and you're going, oh, I'm trying to find my piece. What is it you've lost? Because if I help you, I can find my piece and you'll stop doing this. Type, you have this thing where you go, what are you looking for? And they tell you, well, why do you need that? And they look at you and you go, okay. But, and you go, well, we can't fight back. You could do this instead. And they're like, Oh yeah, hadn't thought about that. And then you help them do their bit, mm-hmm. and then you can get back. And it's those little things which are completely unprompted, yes. unscripted. No one's asked them to do it, but they kind of recognise where that child is yeah. with their build. Yeah. Um, and also, sometimes you do have. I'm doing my build. They're doing their build, and I'm going. That is very cool. Yeah. What are you building? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. I'm going to completely forget about what I'm doing because that's a bit rubbish. I didn't know what to do. Well, that is amazing, and I'm going to join in with what you're doing. Is that all right? Yeah. Exactly. And it's about using all those natural opportunities to support children, to, to work together, to feel comfortable and confident with other children and, but not force it, right? Not, you know, I've heard some really worrying stories on the grapevine that, oh, Lego therapy is a way to force children to make eye contact and the adult must, is telling the child to, you, you've got to look at me and ask for the brick before I pass it to you. And right, no, that's never how it was intended. That's not helpful and not, you know, not the right thing to do at all. So it's got to be playful. It's got to be fun. It's got to be child led. And it's not a sort of behavioral strategy to get children to, you know, fulfill certain expectations of communication or socialization. It's got to be much more free. And as you were saying, using those natural things that happen in the course of playing Lego with somebody else to, to kind of help the children figure out how to help each other, what they want to do. You know, if it breaks, oh, can you help me fix it? All of this stuff happens naturally. And that is why the adult facilitating the session needs to have training to really understand, you know, what the goal is, what you're trying to achieve for the children. Because there's a real subtlety, actually, in in the role of the adult facilitator that, that 
you have to get right for the sessions to be the most successful and the most fun for the young people, I think. In theory, if you're an adult in that room, you should be doing ultimately the least of anything in reality. You're, you're, you're there as a health and safety monitor. Exactly. Because you, you want the children to play. And that thing is, you do things like role-playing. Of, what would you do if you're lost? Yeah, they're going, oh, I'd ask someone. And for my nephew, he knew exactly, he would know exactly what to do. But due to his anxiety, he wouldn't be actually be able to do it. And I do think in that Lego is, there is that, I, I can see what you're trying to solve. I can do all this. I know what I've been in that situation. So it makes that conversation easier. Yeah. And also, it's not, I've got lost, which can be an anxious thing of why would you be lost? And there's a whole other thing behind if you are lost, how you'd feel. But it is kind of, you're just there and it's not about you. It's about something you're building as well. You're talking about, you're not talking about how I feel or anything like that. You're talking about something in your hand. Yeah, there's so many, so many conversations you can have over, over Lego building through the model, as well as, you know, just building a model with somebody else. You, know, you can talk about the characters and what they're doing, why they're doing that, playing, playing around with, with the car or whatever you've made so that, so that you can, you know, have conversations that aren't very uh, personally focused, right? It's, it's focused on the, on the Lego characters. Um, and we do, we've done a lot of, I think, post-COVID we developed some free activities for schools called the Building Friendships Resources because we noticed that a lot of the focus, as we all know, after COVID was on academic catch-up. And we felt that people were forgetting a little bit about the play and the social and emotional catch-up. But children have been isolated for so long. So we, we've got these free activities for, for classrooms called Building Friendships. You can and download them. But we were do, talking a lot through the minifigures and what the minifigures are doing. You can do so much with minifigures and, and talking about, oh, how does he feel when he's at the top of the tower or this versus the bottom of the tower? There's loads of sort of conversations that, that you can have about emotions in the course of a brick club. Minifigures are great because I remember growing up, we had like four people. Yeah. yeah. We had four people and that was it. And that's what you could do. And then we got the space stuff. And I had like six spacemen and four. And that was it. I had 10 people. Whereas now you can just, they cost money, but there are, you can get all these little bags of minifigures. So, kind of unlimited but also they're all very different yeah and you can mix and match them and it's, oh, it's so much fun it's so much fun minifigures are are literally the best they're so much fun and and i think you know sometimes in in brick clubs or, or i see see lego therapy happening that that people forget to play with what they've made at the end and they 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 see the target as let's finish this set let's build in three roles and it's maybe a little bit it's not so free, you know, I mean, building in roles is great and it's brilliant and that's what works, but there's more to it than that. And, and that you've got to be able to play, you've got to be able to be creative, you've got to follow the child's lead. And, and you're right that the adult role is very much standing back. We've been, we've been really lucky. I was thinking as you were talking about your trip to Lego house in Billund, that we've been so lucky to partner with the Lego foundation in the past few years and we've visited Denmark and visited Billund and been around Lego house and thought, wow, this is just awesome. And what we've been doing with the Lego Foundation is really thinking about all of their research on learning through play and how this, you know, it's often not applied to neurodivergent children because they, people think neurodivergent children play differently and therefore you should try and, you know, help them to play in expected ways. And, you know, that that's not what we're trying to do at Play Included. So what we've, what we've done is incorporate a lot of their research on, on learning through play, which, which helps us think about this adult role. So there's like a spectrum from totally free play 
on one end of the spectrum where you just let the child do anything they like, not even with Lego bricks, like literally anything. And the other end of the spectrum is like full direction, instruction, do this, do that, do the other. And in the middle, there's this sweet spot where the Lego Foundation's research has demonstrated the most kind of learning and development happens in this sweet spot in the middle. And it's guided play. So it's about the adult setting children off, giving them enough structure so that they know where to start, they know what to do, but then giving the children the agency and saying, you go ahead, you decide. So whenever there's there's something going on in a, in a brick club, you know, who gets to be the builder, supplier and engineer? That's one of the main, you know, don't tell them as the adult, don't say, well, you did it last week, you've got to do it this week. Say, oh, hey guys, who's going to decide? How are we going to decide who's going to do which job and when you're going to swap? Because you swap within sessions as many times as you want. As Well, the children decide when they swap, right? So it's all about giving the children the agency, the decision-making. If there's a challenge, get them to come up with any, you know, problem-solving solutions or strategies. And, and that's all, kind of all in this sweet spot in the middle. I like because with Lego, you do have the technique Lego. You build, you, you go through the book and you build it as is, and that's how it yeah. goes. But I think with any other Lego, you, you, I don't know, my daughter did this, is you'd get this set and they build it as is. And it would sit there for a couple of days as is. And then they go, I'm going to change this yeah. now. What can I do? And it is, yeah, that's the thing, it's that a certain level of direction, i.e. you're going to build a car, you're going to build this, gives them a framework. And then after that, it's their own personality and why they're doing that. And the difference is, is what makes it very much is really interesting. Um, and just going back to catch up academic is when we look at children's play they start playing individually and they do the playing side by side and then they start doing the collaboration part and with covid they haven't had the side by side play because everything was closed so they're coming into school rather than at that point of doing collaborative or even being collaborative already they're still very much side by side if even that So not either, like if they're playing trains, they're crashing into each other and getting and falling out because they haven't said, well, if you do this, I'll do this and we'll go past each yeah. other. They haven't yeah. worked out how to share or take turns. All of that has to come. Yeah. And if you're neurodivergent, then that's going to take longer to learn. Absolutely. Because you're not picking it up. And I, I it, totally. And I think, you know, Brick Clubs, and we've been thinking about this with the Brick by Brick program, is, is that Brick Clubs were originally designed for neurodivergent children, autistic children. But gosh, they're relevant for everybody. <laughs> they're so relevant for all children. We don't want to sort of single out autistic children. Actually, you know, particularly after COVID and the social isolation that's happened, you know, communication, playing alongside other children, collaborating with other children is so important to give children the chance than the opportunities that they've missed out on to try and catch up on those skills. And it is, it's, you've got to start with that intent. We're talking about communication. The intent has to be there. If you're going, what did you do at the weekend? And they're going, uh, okay, I'm going to talk to you about this. All right, what are you building? I'm building this. Okay, what kind? It's a conversation. They have the intent because they're trying to build something. They're trying to achieve something and you can help. And it's that intent you need to have the conversation. You've got to want, as you said at the beginning, you don't force children to go to legotherapy. No, never. They've got to want to. Yeah. It starts with that intent and wanting to. And children love it. They they get such a lot out of it. When it's run well and the children have chosen to be there and the, the sessions are facilitated properly, the, the the young people get a lot out of it and they, they enjoy it. We've had we had we've 
had this amazing opportunity to do a pilot brick club in Mexico, in a rural area of Mexico. And one of the, so this was the first time that a club, this was for autistic children, a club for autistic children around, around Lego building was, was offered in this area. And the parents were quite emotional about it because they said, usually my children, you know, they're left out, they're a bit rejected. Nobody thinks of them. So having this brick club was so meaningful for those parents. But I'll just, this one little boy told us in his feedback that he likes brick club more than his iPad, more than his tablet. And for me, that was like, whoa, this is, feedback is immense. <laughs> because to be better than a screen was like, uh, that's just like a winning feedback. So the children do get a lot, lot, lot out of it. And they enjoy being alongside other children and they enjoy the Lego building. My, my daughter's first experience of Lego, we, we lived in Legoland, we went to Legoland, she seemed to love it. And I went, great, that's time for our first Lego. And it was, we didn't buy a set because we wanted to just have fun building a house. We saw it like a basic one. You could build a house with loads of other stuff. And I went into this shop and I said, I bought you something. And she went, what? And I pulled it out. And she just burst into tears because she wanted a cuddly. Oh. And she was upset with me for the rest of the day. So I kind of left it away. I went, yeah, that can stay over there. And the next day we got it out and she was just arms folded, not interested. And then I started building. and it just changed how she looked at it. It changed. Mm. And I think she was probably about five or so, maybe younger at the time. So, but she's now 17 and still buying Lego. Well, do you know what? I'm 41. No, I'm not. I'm 42. That's sad. It's now just had my birthday. I'm older than I think I am. So yeah, I still very much enjoy building Lego models. I don't think there's an age limit. I think it's something that... There, there is, there is. is. There? 99. 99. It says on the box, 99. If you're 100, you're not allowed to buy a Lego set. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you know someone from Lego, can you just put a word for me in the Atats Walker? Easy. They're at $800. Cheap, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah $800. Okay. I'm just, I, I would I'll love it. Best. <laughs> but I cannot. <laughs> but Lego it is, and it is... If one, I think once a child gets Lego, it is it, it's so many doors. And I, I, most of my childhood, Lego was involved. And then my kids, what we do, we'd put it away for a couple of months. Yeah, and get it out. And then we get it out again. And then it was all over again. And it was, it was great. And my wife, when you started talking about naming the bits, I was having flashbacks. My wife decided we kept all the instructions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she wanted to build various sets. So she was building, I was supplying. And it was like, I need a pink four by two flat. And I'd have to lurch, search all our boxes for these pieces yeah. she was after to make sure we built them as they were. But it, it is, you, you are that person. And the communication was so much fun. And I know my nephews have done the brick clubs. And it is, it, it works really, really well because they are so invested in what they're doing that their anxiety kind of melts away. Yeah. I think there's something very calming about Lego building. So you know, even if you're just building on your own or sorting the bricks into colours. You know, there's something very soothing and calming about Lego bricks. And I think for children who do feel anxious in social situations that they're not used to, having the familiarity of Lego building and, you know, a really clear idea and of what's expected of them that, okay, we're going to, we're going to build a Lego set. That just lowers that anxiety level. And and the focus isn't on, you know, making them talk to other children if they don't want to. The focus is on building a Lego model. And you can do that without language. 
you can do that side by side without forcing a child to talk to somebody else and then you know when they feel more relaxed they will start to to ask for pieces or or talk about what they're making and and it's sort of low pressure low anxiety kind of approach to to supporting the children i think that whole thing of talking again i was listening is if i ask you what you have been up to there's a lot of you in that what are you doing why did you you what are you 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 and it's like well i don't like talking about myself yeah. what's that you've built oh it's a this oh show me and you're not talking about you exactly. you're talking about something you've built which is easier to talk about you've built it so there's probably been thought going into yeah. it and why have you built it that way there'll be a reason and what do you like about it and you know what you know so you can like then bring it to i don't know if it's a boat or something oh you know i went on a boat the other day or you know you can you know there's lots of stuff you can do with storytelling and and creation it is very much it's just so important in brick clubs and and i do sometimes see them going a bit awry because children are pressured to to communicate or they're pressured to do something that the adults decided is a good idea and 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 of course there's some boundaries and some structure and some rules for being in a club and you you know there's there's but you've got to kind of follow the the child's interests what they like building follow their you know follow where they're at socially and emotionally and, and build from from there I remember when my daughter was going to nursery and the new early years had come out, I think it was 2012, a long time ago. And they were telling us always it had to be child-led play. Child, it's all about the child-led, all child-led, child-led, child-led. Keep repeating it. Let's watch a video. And then we watched this video of this early years expert doing this child-led play. And cut, all these children were colouring these things. And the child showed this person their monster. And she went, well, where's his body? <laughs> That's teacher-led. That's not the point. You've just broken... <laughs> They created their monster. That's, that's their, their monster. monster. That's what it is. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think, as you said, there's the structure of <laughs> it's at this time and we're here. But in reality, there should be as little structure as possible. Would that be? Mm, yes and no. So I think for some children, having the structure of knowing what's happening when is essential, you know, and having a kind of clear idea of start times, finish times, what kind of activities you do. I think the main structure is maybe some some rules about, you know, just, I mean, the children can come up with their own rules about just how to make it feel safe for them to be there. How do we talk to each other? How do we yep. communicate? How do we respect each other, I guess? And to ensure that everybody's feeling safe and confident. So there is structure in that way. And there's structure in the way that, you know, you might start by set, building sets with instructions together and you might start in a pair or one-to-one, or, you know, or then, you know, working a three. So there might be a bit of sort of gradation of how, you know, what you're building, how you're building it. But, you know, what set they make, or who they build it with, or when they decide to do which jobs, that's all very free. And at the end, how they play with it is very, with the model that they made is very free. And then freestyle building without instructions, well, they can decide what they make, right? They can decide who, who makes it with them. And sometimes, though, the children will ask me, oh, what, what, give me a challenge. Like, what are we going to build today? You know, like the tallest tower or like we had these giant Lego squishy bricks. You know, can you make a chair that takes your weight? You know, they loved us giving, but that was them asking us for those challenges. And we were like, great. Yeah, let's do those. So it's flexible within a structure, I think, to, to, to meet the children's needs. Actually, that's why you do it is to, is to meet their individual needs. 
I like that challenge part because that is a whole other thing of Lego is trial and error. Totally. So many times, I remember building the first time I built steps is you kind of, you started doing the steps and you followed the roof at the yeah. same and your person would walk along. They wouldn't fit in because the roof should have gone up a bit higher so they could actually go up the step and all this stuff. So you make the mistake, but it's only Lego. That's such a good point because Lego bricks. And you go brilliant. back yeah. and fix you it. You can take the brick off, have another go. There's literally no other than an annoyance, you know, a bit of frustration, but that's brilliant practice to, to like manage frustration when it's gone a bit wrong. You take the brick off and have another go. There's literally no no dramas about that at all. And that's part of it. And, and that's part of how you talk to your friend about, oh, gosh, what, how do I make this work? What bit do I need? So I need to attach this bit to that. What bit could we use? And at testing earlier on, don't go to the end and go, oh, that was really, you're going, okay, I'll, I'll do, as soon as I do this, yeah, oh, yeah, person fits up, I'll continue. Yeah. You learn your own process of how you do things and you build up all these skills exactly. and you will get frustrated when you do it yeah. wrong. You will get frustrated when you drop that Yeah, thing. which happens. <laughs> um, don't turn into a gluer. No. Don't glue it. Never don't glue. glue Never it. glue. Don't be, um, there's a Kraken, isn't it? The Lego movie. Yeah. Is it the Kraken? <laughs> Craggle. 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 That's it. Kraken is the octopus. Kraken's like thing. the octopus um, under the sea. Yeah. Scary yes. thing. Mm. Don't be that person. But it is. You will drop it. Yeah, and that's a really good learning because when you drop it, you can either put it exactly together as it was yeah. or another go. you tweak it because, well, I, I was going to make it better anyway. Yeah. But all these things you, you, you come across and you deal with. And what I was going for that, that, that structure part is it shouldn't be is, right, arrive at this time, we'll build this, and at the end we will all talk about what we've built. No, no. You don't want no, that part. No, no. It's the building and the playing that's the process. There's no showing off. There's no setting any expectations around communication. No, it's got to be comfortable for the young people. And if they if they choose to talk about what they've made and they want to, brilliant. But, you know, you don't say, now we're all going to sit in a circle and describe our models in a very adult-led way. I think there's, I just want to pick up on one thing you were saying about the kind of trying it a different way, having another go, like, there are these five characteristics of, of learning through play. And one of them is iterative, right? So if you are keeping on trying, having another go, trying it a different way, that is learning through play. And then there's joyful. It's got to be fun and everybody enjoying themselves. Meaningful has got to be something that is real to you and important to you. Socially interactive, you're doing it with somebody else. And then there's another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. So joyful meaningful, iterative, socially interactive, and something else. Anyway, it'll come to me. But these are the all of these things happen in in brick clubs just naturally. You're not forcing it all. It's just by getting kids together, giving them a bit of structure, building some Lego models together. They will be learning so much. I'm now about to compare Lego therapy, Lego real brick play to an AA Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Interesting. Which might sound really strange. <laughs> But typically, when you go to an AA meeting, this is all my experiences of films, just to be clear, <laughs> is people are talking and they go, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to share yet. And they move on. And that's fine. And it almost like is you might have children who come to that Lego therapy or the Brick Club and they don't communicate for a bit. That's okay, fine. fine. Yeah. In the same way, you just go, you're not ready yet? Cool. We'll move on. That it, You shouldn't have that set expectation of you will be talking. The, it might take five, ten before they have that confidence, totally. before they've learned to trust what everyone else is like and 
actually, although I think what they built was rubbish, no one said that. This is quite a safe place. I can share what it's building those things. So that's the only reason I'm comparing it to an AA meeting. (laughs) That there's no pressure to share things you don't want to share. Yes. Absolutely. Totally 100%. And, and, you know, you're right. It takes time. And some people think that, you know, you just need six sessions of a brick club, you know, or 12, like for a term. It's much, much better if you can have it over a longer period of time for children. And then they've got the time to, to get used to it, to feel confident with the people who run it, to feel confident with the young people who are there and, and feel safe, right? That's so important. And I suppose that's the thing is, if you, to me, it's almost like it should be on every single Thursday for, throughout the primary yeah. school. Because you are going to have those children who go along really quiet and build. And I suppose you can then get into a bit of a mentoring thing where the older children or the more confident children can actually help those who are younger or starting out who might find taking things difficult or not sure, anything like that. They're there to help them. That is such a lovely thing to do. Sometimes in Britcoms, you call them like Lego geniuses because they're or like Lego legends, like people who've been coming yes. for ages, they still love it and they can like show the new children around or help them out or just show them the way I guess or just model I suppose what what Brit Club's all about so that really happens really well if you've got a club that's like ongoing yeah and children can join and leave you know throughout that time rather than starting at one point and ending at one point which you can do as well because you know we all know that people are restricted for times and you know supporting children you know you've got to do the best you can with the context that you're given but yeah I think it, it's, it, it solves a couple of different problems. So one is, is we work on that communication, but also it is something you can do at those unstructured yeah. times. So that ticks a box, it's structured. I know what's going to happen every Thursday. I'll go and do this, which is really great. But also for lots of people, Lego is very relaxing. Yeah. It's me and a load of bricks. Yeah. And that's it. That's literally it. It's like, my nephews would play like Minecraft or other games like that because they're very safe and predictive. Yes. So while I'm doing this, all my anxieties generally drift away because it's just me and the bricks, which meant if I've had a stressful morning, I calm Absolutely. down. And I'm now ready to take on the afternoon. And you might see there is no benefit to that child because they can communicate, they can do all of this, blah, blah, blah. You take them out of that Lego club and now they're kind of, deregulated in the afternoon they're kicking off there's more issues and it was that calming effect of being in that brick club has helped them to stay calm and and regulate throughout the day it's so important to to not you can underestimate that i think for for children and young people and you know just building you know even one-to-one with an adult or on your own you know for that child they're not that you're not you're not wanting them to sort of socialize it you're wanting that they're they're what's going to help them the most is is that calming space to to help them regulate their emotions because schools are so busy they can be so frenetic and such a sensory like overwhelm that having something that just eases that you know eases that anxiety is is really helpful i think it's, a lot of people dismiss brick clubs as, as just playing and a i totally disagree that anything is ever just when it's involving play, play is how children learn the best. Yeah. So, and also, gosh, the number of things that are happening in a brick club or with with Lego bricks, 
it, it's just really beneficial you know regardless of what's happening it's a beneficial activity for a child's development it is so we've talked we've covered you sent me lots of information we've covered nearly all of it which is great so give me like five top tips of things you should be doing as part of brick club you should be if you're the adult running a brick club you should be having fun yourself you should be enjoying being in the club with the children you should be asking the children questions but generally otherwise keeping out of the way so showing interest helping them get started but otherwise you know just be a bit of an observer or build your own on your own build with them you know join in if you if they want you to but be quite flexible so you should be facilitating in a playful way and i think that's that's one thing that that you need training often need training to help you understand how to do it you should be always accepting of the child where they are at not trying to force them to communicate if they don't want to to make eye contact or because it's it's about them choosing to be there choosing to have a meaningful place you should be encouraging a sense of belonging and fun and teamwork for me it's about teamwork and starting where the child's at if it's in parallel no dramas if it's with one of the child brilliant if you know then they if it's older children who are doing some really incredible stop action movie amazing all of those levels are okay so be i guess it's like dan hughes's is pace playfulness acceptance curiosity and empathy so that should be your kind of framework for for helping children in in a brick club i think the thing is is you're not a teacher in no, that room no, no. you are a big kid yes. who is modeling what you kind of where you want them to get yeah. to you're being that lego leader the lego genius yeah. yeah you're kind of modeling this is where we want you we want you to be like me where i'm i'm yeah it is you are just being a big kid with them exactly it's not it's a very different role from a teacher in front of a class of children so you need to if you are a teacher usually you need to sort of take off your teacher hat and step into your playful facilitation role in a brick club and that is much more child-led relaxed and you know learning through play lots of teachers are fantastic at that so that's where you should you should go now I've got to remember a bit of remember, but now give me five things you shouldn't do. Okay, five things you shouldn't do in a brick club. You shouldn't tell the young people what role they're playing. You shouldn't say you're the engineer, you're the builder, you're the supplier, and give them like a hat to wear or anything. It should be like natural. It, this is a natural play environment. They should be deciding what they do and who with you shouldn't force children to go to a brick club if they don't want to be there you shouldn't force children to build something with somebody they don't particularly like to try and get them to be friends with that person they don't particularly like and you shouldn't use brick club as a reward for good behavior in the day so sometimes people say you can come to brick club if you've managed to behave really well in the morning it shouldn't be a reward it shouldn't you know taken away from a child for that kind of reason 
I keep missing to think about, I've got to go make sure I keep the things I want to. So you just mentioned the last bit, stop frame. Yep, stop frame animation. Yeah. In the Lego house, they have a place where you can yeah. go and do that, where you have like a townscape and you have a couple of cameras. I'm yeah. trying to remember it was a yeah, while ago. And you kind of build a car and you can basically, you make a yeah. film and you can switch between the cameras and you're literally moving these little people and then you make these movies and they were so much fun. But that is a great way for those probably older children who they want something, not I built something in 15 minutes and I'm going to start again. It's actually that longer term project is, and it was so, and it is quite easy. You can get apps on iPads and iPhones, you can get USB cameras. There's loads of things you can do, which makes this stop frame animation lots of fun. And there's so much problem solving. So much. And so much collaboration and chatting about what your story's going to be, what camera angle should you use, who's going to move the little person, who's going to take the picture or take the app on the phone and what music you're going to have. There's, it's loads, loads. We, we, ha- we had a car crash in ours. I mean, we wanted the car to fly off. And it's like, well, how do I get the car yeah. to fly off without you yeah. seeing it? And we're literally going... Oh, how are we going to do? And we, my daughter, I think she came up with the idea, and it was great. It worked. It worked really well. That we stacked, we had bricks up under it till it got to a certain angle. Then I think we something off camera, and it worked. But it was that just her imagination. She said the story. It was a bank robbery and the police and all this stuff, and we had to build it all. And it was such an intense, fun half hour activity. It was so much fun, and it, I, I loved it absolutely. I lo- yeah, the, the Lego House. If you're ever fortunate enough to go to the Lego House in Billund, please do. It is just magical, it's really inspirational, isn't it? And I think what I really like about Lego House, and which I think is this, you know, a small version of Brick Club, is just that freedom to build and play. Right? They they've got so many different spaces and different kinds of activities that inspire something else and like ever I remember when we were there they have this area that's always got a theme to it depending on what time of year it was so once when we went it was like Halloween so they just put a few orange bricks and some sort of Halloweeny type bricks and just that's just sparks it's just that little structure enough to spark an idea that then people built huge numbers of different types of pumpkins witches like loads you know, you just give that little idea that people can start with and go off in their own direction. And what I love about the Lego house is you're kind of going through this house. So you might start building something, but have to move on. And then someone else will take it on yeah, and either finish, yeah. but it won't be what you designed. It'll be their interpretation. Yeah. And then they might finish it and walk off and someone else will come along and go, well, well, actually that needs a friend or that needs to sit on this. And they'll, they'll build this thing or they might go okay i don't like that and it is that not one person's thing Mm. this thing can just Mm. change over a couple Mm. of weeks and i think there's something really interesting about you you can have some really interesting conversations with young people about about that like it started off as this and now it's that because and how do you how do you view this model what do you see in it versus what do i see it as being and what you know so there's lots of perspective taking or seeing the world from different points of view and seeing the model from different angles and different, you know, different goals of where you want to take it. And there's a lot around that, I think. And I'm just going to touch on that Lego is just, Lego is just amazing. And I just want to touch on Minecraft because Minecraft to me is 
Lego without limits because you've always got to buy bricks and score have them. But at home, that Minecraft world is Lego. It is purely Lego. It is exactly the same thing. If you don't do that right, you're still going to get stuck in there and have to edit it and redo it all. And you can collaborate and you can do all that. And I think whether you're doing a Minecraft club, you're doing the Lego, it's kind of the same philosophy. So if your child likes Minecraft, it's a great thing. Totally. It's not a bad thing. Minecraft is a great thing. Dive in there with them. Yeah, go and join in and help them build. Yeah. Also, do your own thing and show off to them what you've done. Yeah, because then you've you've got something you want to do, you've done it and you've shared it with them, which means you're modelling all the things you want them to do. Lego is just a very physical, obvious way that we can all get hold of in our mind because we can see it, we can hold it, we can touch it. Minecraft is a little bit abstract. Not everyone gets it. But a lot of these things, they follow the same mentality, which is why they work. It is that interest, that freedom, the growing, the exploring, the making that works. And Lego is, I don't think you'll like Minecraft without probably doing Lego first. Or you might, maybe you won't see the yeah, same thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's that building, that designing. Designing, constructing imagining something in 3D, exploring, taking things down, having another go, building it a different way. Yeah. It is. That was it. I remember she said something. I've got to remember what it was. What was it? What was it? It was, don't make, you said, don't make them go to Lego Mm. Club. So how do I make people want to? So if I'm a Mm. teacher and I'm starting Lego Club or it's going, I'm introducing it to new children who are really unsure. What is a good way of getting them to come willingly? Totally. I think there is probably several ways, and I think it's going to depend on the young person. So it depends if they've had much experience of Lego building at home or not. And and I guess, you know, if they don't enjoy Lego building, then, you know, it's not the right club for them. You should find a different way for them to socialise or something else that they're interested in. That, that they could do with others potentially but maybe just build build with them one-on-one and have a chat just get get a pile of lego bricks don't go to the club or anything just get some lego out and have a chat to them you know tell them a bit about what what brick club is you could maybe make get the club to make a stop action animation of what brick club is about and what we do in brick club and show that little movie to any prospective brick club attendees you know, you could give them a bit of information. You could get them to come and watch a session, get one of the Lego legends to come and show them around the club when nobody's there so that they can see what happens. And then, yeah, I guess take it slowly and and always give them the choice. Do schools have like a Lego showcase? I can imagine a lovely big yes, glass cabinet full of the things they've built. Sometimes. I mean, that's brilliant. And if you don't have a cupboard, you can have like a, a photograph area you know photos or you know online you can have a bit of a you know show show all the photos of, of people in brick clubs yeah i think that's the thing with my daughter saw lego she just saw a box which looked like a house then yeah. we opened it up and it was pieces and she didn't get it yeah she didn't get it when she saw me building it and i was just building whatever i want the penny yeah. dropped and it's that sort of thing by having those, either doing that stop frame animation or having those models that they can go see or they see photos of and go, you made that. It starts their own 
cogs turning about what they could build. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's it's about just having a really warm, friendly, welcoming club to all children, you know, and trying to come at it from their, their angle. Yeah. Definitely. And before we go, is there anything else you want to mention about Lego or Lego clubs or brick clubs? No, only that we've got some activities as well. We've got the free schools activities, but we've also got the free parent activities, at home activities for building with with families. Again, just to sort of relax, chilled activities to to play together. If if you're kind of a bit stuck and you're not sure where to start with with building Lego models with with your child, so take a look at those. And yeah, I suppose just that be curious, be open. And and always learn, like there's always so much new research going on in this field that helps us know how to run Brick Clubs best so that they should be neurodiversity affirming and supportive of children. Yeah, so that's that's really important. Cool. My last question, would you consider yourself a master builder? You know what? I wish I was, but I'm not. I, I, I'm an adequate builder, Dale. <laughs> I'm often put to, you know, the the young people are far superior to me. And I, I, I always used to tell myself my building, my things I built wasn't great because I didn't have the right yeah, bits. You keep saying that. I always blamed it on the bits. bits, not me. It was, ne- it was never me. It just didn't have the right bits. That's why it's not great. <laughs> so. um, thank you for coming on the show today, Gina. I really enjoyed it. Me too. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you. I love this topic. So I'm happy to talk about it all day. Oh, it's like, I think you said, like I said, oh, I love it. Yes, I love it. And that's the thing. It is to me, as I said, really simple it down. It's distracting so you can communicate. And it's just really occupying your mind in a really good way, which does Lego occupies your mind. Yeah, in a good way, right? It's kind of, there's not much else no, to going on because I'm building and I'm yeah. focusing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we're putting things we've mentioned and other things you'll find useful in the show notes. And you also get contact details for brick by brick and things like that and gina's twitter handle and you'll find those show notes wherever you listen to the podcast or you'll find them on our website so thank you for listening to the show if you haven't subscribed already click on that subscribe button and you can follow us on social media on twitter facebook and instagram just search for the sendcast and you will find us and if you're struggling to show progress if your assessment processes are overcomplicated, they take too long or you want to see what is available have a look at the b squared website or book a free online meeting with me so I can take you through our products. We have a range of assessment products to help all schools show small sets of progress for pupils with SEND. If you're a school in England still confused by the engagement model, not sure about the pre-key stage standards or anything else around assessment, get in contact. We also have our autism progress tool, which is great for profiling pupils' autism. It's based on CERT. It's great. And you can find out about our online training, our conferences. You can read our blog, watch our webinars, all on the B-Squared website. You'll find a link to the website and you'll find a link to booking a meeting with me in the show notes. And you can also drop me an email. My email address is dale at bsquared.co.uk. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Sendcast. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. (laughs) Excellent. Cheers, everyone.